Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. so much for joining us here at Abbey Normal Recording Studios. You are among friends, and whatever's bothering you, you can put it down. Now we'll make you laugh. Forget about your problems by laughing at mine. How's that? And we got a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is stand-up comedian, three-time Emmy Award-winning actor. You know him from Everybody Loves Raymond. It's my pal, Brad Garrett. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That is our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Sam Williamson. Say hi to Sam, everybody. Hey, Sam. Sam, how you doing, buddy? And Sam, Phil would like to say hello. I got no time for this shit now. But he's very busy. It's good to hear from very, Phil. Very, very busy. So uh, uh, we will get back. We're going to hear from Phil a little bit later in the program. And I would like to begin today's proceedings by announcing that apparently my wife thinks I have control issues. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I disagree. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. I, I don't have the best judge of I, if you have control I, issues or not. I, I don't think I do. So just if look, as long as you do whatever I tell you to do, we'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> Case closed. Okay. I will tell you this. I, I, I think I understand why you would, why you said that. Now, let me explain to Stern and then the rest of the audience. Uh, I asked you to do something yesterday. My wife was very gracious and she has patience. So she was filling out this this thing online that we had to fill out. And she kept asking me questions. Now, I have no patience. So if you're going to ask me a question, I got to answer the question. The anxiety just in my head just rises up. And it's easier for me just to do it myself 
right. answer a question and they're no, don't do that. I, I get up, get up, I'll do it. And <laughs> so she lives with a lunatic. Well, the, the key <laughs> phrase is you asked me to fill out a form yes. and I started filling out the form, yes. asking you the questions on the form. That I don't need that. I don't need it. that. I just know I lost it. I said, here, I don't need that. I, Here's what I need. Do well, this, do this, because I don't want to do this. Exactly. And when I start doing it, you lose it. Yeah, because you're asking me the questions that are on the form. I go, I can do that. I want this out of my my reality right now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I don't have the factual details memorized that okay. are in your head, Adam. <laughs> Fine. I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Well, that was a wonderful Hallmark moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we can settle that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this is the real deal. Go ahead. Adam. Here's the thing. I'm able to multitask. Adam is a monotasker. I, look, I can do one thing at a time. Here's the thing. I do one thing at a time. I do it very well. And then I move on. Okay. I didn't say you didn't do it well. Okay. That's where your ADD comes in. And I get it. I get it. You need to stay hyper-focused to not lose your place and think of something else. Fair I'm enough. I'm just saying that if you open up to different possibilities, you let more creativity in. I'm sorry. I was looking at Stern. I wasn't listening to you. I was focused. <laughs> so there, was, there was a butterfly in the back of the room. Sorry. I was distracted. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I get it. <laughs> It's a bit of a control. It's a I control. see you keep you keep saying control and I You need control to feel in control. No, I, <laughs> here's the deal. Is I got I got I, I got to get everything done, right? And, and when I say I, I mean things have to get done, okay? And and No, this is it. Go ahead. You have a list yes. and you need to cross it off. Yeah. Which is helps you with order. Mhm. Mm Fair enough. Without order, there's chaos. Mhm. Mm your ADD brings chaos. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you need to focus, hyper-focus on one thing at a time, which I get. See, here's the thing. If I got to answer the question, it's easier for me just to do the damn thing. So I don't know if it's control as much as it's uh, trying to, to keep my anxiety at bay. Oh, no, it's control. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I found a list. Let's see if it applies to you, Adam. A list of what? Control issues. Okay. Signs Great. One, can he issue. fill out a form? Okay. <laughs> uh, one is self-centeredness. Mm. You do come in a room quite loud. Well, that's just personality. <laughs> <laughs> you own the room, Adam. Good for you. That's good. Okay. All right. I don't know if it's self-centered. I'll, I'll give you this. I, 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 think, do, I do have a big personality. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I do think people of your field, you know, actors mm -hmm. and comedians, they automatically have that desire to come in the room hot, we'll mm -hmm. say. Uh, we'll call it a push because self-centered, because <laughs> I do care about other people to the point. Well, that, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just right. saying, you know. All right. What's the next one? Uh, jealousy. I'm not jealous. I just, I'll kill anyone who tries to take my place. That <laughs> that's just normal right that's there. Awesome. Yeah. That's, no, that's just normal. That's normal. That's normal. Okay. Yeah. Next. Okay. Mood swings. What? Upbeat one minute and upset and irritable the next. I would say that goes into form filling. <laughs> Here I'm helping you out and then I'm like, no, get yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. I get it. I, I wish that wasn't true, but okay. Go ahead. It's next. Too bad. You had a free secretary. Yeah. Okay. So possessiveness, which I really don't get. Possessiveness? What does that mean? Are you, you're I think it means you're mine and I don't want to share with anybody else. So. Um, maybe that's control, like uh, you don't want to give something up, fear of losing something. I don't know. Stern, am I oh. possessive? 
I think you you like to be uh, you like to have things under the realm of your control. Like, yeah. And so if like possessing things, you know, because you you have a vision in your head, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times how you want things to go. And it's easier if you have them under your control. So okay. if that's possessiveness, sure. Okay. Clearly, Mark doesn't understand the question either. What's next? <laughs> I'm a great bullshitter. <laughs> just sitting there going. By the way, you just got treated to every day for me in high school. Mr. Stern, what's the answer? Yeah. Let me spend some bullshit now. Yeah, he just he just read his essay answer on his test to me. That's <laughs> um, okay. The next one kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Fear of being abandoned. Okay. Fair enough being alone. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't, you guys don't want to be with me. You really think I want to be with me? Which, okay, go ahead. Well, everybody has that kind of fear, I think, though. All right. Maybe more extreme. That's what makes it more okay. of a control issue. Mm. And finally, mm -hmm. unaccepting of responsibility or accountability for their actions. No, I beat myself up. I take responsibility for everything. That's why yeah. I have to get it done. I, it, this is my fault. Yeah. That's, and by the way, that's Catholicism. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. But Father Dominic, thank you. Thank you for doing that to me. Uh, Adam, it comes down to this. You either choose fear right. or you choose love, which means fear. You have control issues or right. love. You have faith and trust. That's pretty good, honey. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to come from love. I, 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 I'm admitting I'm coming from fear. And the third choice is never fill out a form in this one. <laughs> okay, you got it. Yeah. I hand you the pen. <laughs> Thank that's, you. That's the lesson. lesson. You're into the lesson. Yeah. But, they, but she's right. You know, fear control is, it's, it's, it's all fear based. Mm -hmm. So you are absolutely right. It was funny because I was talking to Phil and he was asking me about asking questions as well. So, yeah, you guys listen to this. Hey, let me ask you a question. What? Do, do I ask too many questions? <laughs> Okay, what happened? See? Okay, so right away, <laughs> he's fear-based because he's like, uh-oh, so I'm in trouble. Right, it's just, yeah, the beating yourself up, the self-paranoia, it's great. Yeah. Ask too many questions? Yeah, and here's why. What happened? I go down to the theater, I have a sound check at 5 o'clock, I go to the theater, there's no one there, there's no crew. The only one there was a dancer who's part of the production cast who's supposed to open for me. Right. So I go to her and I go, hey, where is everybody? She goes, they all have COVID. And then she walks away. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> this can't say everybody has COVID and then walk away. Are we doing a show? What, 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 what are we doing? How do you just walk away like that? I'm sure it was a struggle for her. She's the only <laughs> one with the information right now. I got a show in an hour and a half. I'm not supposed to stand there and ask her questions. She, she's actually, she can't be bothered to, to let me know what happened. Phil, she's a 21-year-old dancer on a cruise ship. Where's the bar? That's the question she has the answer to. Yeah. That was it. So Phil was like, you know, uh-oh, I have a show. You have, to, you have to help me figure this out. So Phil's like projecting that yeah. she's got the answer to the question. To me, it's a little bit of a respect issue, too, because obviously, obviously if she just turns and walks away and doesn't answer the question, I think that might be something we need to work on with Phil. That's certainly not helping his self-esteem issues, right. I would say. Well, I, here's the second part of the conversation. She just walked away. Do, do you know what that means? It means she's just as aggravated with you as I am. <laughs> no, it means she's going to go tell everybody what just happened. Oh, my God, this comedian. That's what's going to happen See? now. I need that. <laughs> Phil, she doesn't care. As soon as she walked away, that's where your relationship ended. You don't know ship life. Everybody knows everything about everybody. Oh, I don't need that. I just don't need this shit. Why can't you just answer questions? It's a simple question. Is there going to be a show or not? She doesn't have the answer, Phil. Why? 
stop looking to other people to soothe your crazy. This is all in your head. She doesn't give a shit about you. Unless he was on fire, I agree with you, Adam. Yeah, he's he's like <laughs> he's worried she's gonna go. This comedian just keeps asking me questions and questions. His name is Phil Tag T A G. <laughs> I want to make sure you spell it correctly as we have him thrown off the ship. You know, I get it. <laughs> You go straight to, they're all going to be talking about me they now. Yeah, you don't know ship life. They're all out <laughs> to get me. How, right. And <laughs> how great would it be if you knew, if you called someone and said, hey, guys, at breakfast, everybody at once, look at Phil. Yeah, just everyone just look at him. <laughs> don't say anything. Just turn around and look at him. <laughs> just have someone yell out, you got any more questions? <laughs> Hilarious. But you know what? He does have his self-awareness, you know? It's fear-based, like you said, on he's afraid mm -hmm. of what other people think, and he's mm -hmm. a comic, so it's a common thing. But, you know, he, he's like, he's trying to figure out, is it him? I just don't want to be aggravating. I don't, I, I don't want to bother people with questions. That's, I was just wondering, all kidding aside, is it me? Yes, Phil, it's you. See? So he does have that self-awareness. So I, I give him that. And it is fear-based. And I got and I got it too. Mm -hmm. You know. I think Phil's got a little bit worse than most people. Yes, and I say not. that with all love, Phil. I, I love my friend Phil. He's got it a little bit worse than most of us. I agree with you, Mark, but it doesn't stop me from exploiting it for my amusement. I have to tell you. That's great. I love my pal. And and he's working on himself. He wants to change. Listen to this. You know what? I'm not asking any more questions for the rest of my life. No more questions. Great. Glad to hear it. Are you playing this on the podcast? You bet your ass I am. <laughs> <laughs> of course we are, Phil. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> So at least he knows. So at least, okay. So now I know that I I, ha I may have control issues. Okay. Okay. I admit that I, I would rather, I would rather live my life from love rather than fear. I'm working on it, but I think I'm a little bit steeped in fear. So I will admit that. Okay. And questions just drive me crazy. Which ironically is brave. What's brave? You just, what you just said. I am. I'm very brave. I'm brave. I'm courageous. I'm handsome. I'm giving of others. I'm trying to be the best person I can be. You just don't see this. And that's what's so tragic. <laughs> There's that category, self-centeredness, right at the top of that list. It's All right, funny. We're have to circle this. <laughs> I'll try to be better, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you may live another day. <laughs> but I'm not the only one who gets crazy if you ask a question. Brad Garrett was opening for Frank Sinatra when he was a kid, and he asked the question of Jilly, who was Frank's right-hand man, and Jilly didn't want to be asked any questions. <laughs> It's a great story. It's a great interview. You guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. A control freak is someone who has a compulsive need to have total control over every aspect of their life. Have you ever heard of the wise old saying, when you see someone who needs power and control and will not stop until they get it, you are seeing someone who is deeply afraid of life? Is it me? Yes, Phil. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. These are longer than 30 minutes. Don't bullshit me. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Well, I'm back on the road. A busy July, and I hope you can come see me. If you're in San Francisco, I will be there tomorrow, July 1st, and Saturday, July 2nd at Cobb's Comedy Club. Then I'm going home to Strong Island, July 8th and 9th. I will be at McGuire's in Bohemia. I will be at Soul Joel's July 10th, and that is in Royersford, Pennsylvania. I'll be back to Uncle Vinny's July 22nd and 23rd in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And July 30th, I will be at the Potawatomi Casino in Milwaukee. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. We also have a link to t-shirts. We have a link to my special. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show and let me shake your hand. I want to thank you for all the love and support that you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a three-time Emmy Award-winning actor, a voice actor, poker player, comedian, comedy club owner, and someone who makes me laugh really, really hard. You know him from Everybody Loves Raymond, his TV series Till Death on Fox. He is currently starring alongside Patricia Arquette on the Apple TV series High Desert, as well as the upcoming movie Wildflower with Alexandra Diodario and Gene Smart. He is the pride of the turkey farm in Encino, and he once picked up dog shit in an elevator with a $20 bill. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> my pal Brad Garrett, how are you, baby? How are you, sir? Great uh, to see you, Adam. You too. It's been a long time, my friend. Last time it I saw you, it has been a long time. We were at this Emmy thing uh, with you, Ray, uh, Ray, me, Dennis, Leary. We were doing something, and you just you took that room and you put it in your palm of your hands and you squeezed it, and, and everyone just laughed. I don't think that was me. It, it was, was the... Ray. It was Ray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my wallet is so heavy. I can't. Oh, I need help picking it. <laughs> um, I, you, I I have to hear the story because when I when I when I was reading about you picking up dog shit in an elevator with a twenty dollar bill, I said that's the lead. That's what I want to hear about. That's well, it was you know it was I, I have a small dog now, tiny mm-hmm. Yorkie. Right. I was kind of a bigger dog person, but you know the new wife brought home the uh, the Yorkie, right. and that now I'm like. I, I'm, I can't leave this thing alone. It's it's odd. Yeah. Um, 
and I was in an elevator in, in my apartment in, in, in Vegas, taking it down, you know, to the little dog run. Right. And, uh, it does its thing. Then I'm going up in the elevator, stops on the floor. This older couple gets in and the dog takes another, another dump. Now it's, it's a Yorkie, right? So it's a size, it's the size of a button. Right. Right. So I already used the bag on the dog run and I don't have anything to friggin' pick it up. And the older couple is looking at me and I'm staring at them. And, um, all I have, this is horrible, I know, is a 20. Is a 20. <laughs> so I bend over, I pick up the dog shit with a 20. And the old guy looks at me. I, I, I'm not making, and he says, I once saw Raymond do that with a 100. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. funny. But it was like, wow, this guy is, this guy should have a comedy club. <laughs> you should get him at your club. You're at the MGM now, right? Yeah, we're at the MGM. Been there about 10 years. I ran into you at um, the Mirage when you and Ray did the Mirage. The nice thing about seeing you and Ray together, and I was I was, I was, was telling, actually, as I drop a name, I was telling Lenny Clark about this when we were doing oh, I love him. Yeah, the Rescue Me Comedy Tours, because I met Dennis as an actor. So we did two TV shows together before we were even toured as, as comics, and it's a different yeah. thing. You know, when I saw you and Ray as comics, I'm like, that's a different thing than being an actor. Yeah. Yeah. When we were on the set, you know, there's a definite, it's not, you know, you're playing your part of the whole when you're an actor. When you're a comic, you just do comics, you know, right. and then you're helping. It, it's a, it's a, it's not, I, the word level playing field isn't right, but you're on, you're on a different, a different uh, context of, of being with each other, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, you know, what's interesting, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm so hacky. It's, it's, a, that's why I had a, no, I mean, that's why, I, no, I am. And, and I get it. That's why I had to buy my own club. I'm like, I can't get any time anywhere. They're like, Brad, we don't want to, we don't want to hear about uh, Reagan talking about McNuggets anymore. So I said, I'll buy my own club. And Ray's like, five minutes a day, just try to write something. I, mean, I do the crowd work, which, you know, is, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's taxing. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, but you can do it. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. People say, you know, guys like us, I can do it, you know, when I need yeah. to go. Into the, and now with social media, it's great because it's free material. Yeah. You know, it's the exactly. way we're doing it anyway. And the reason I like to do it and I like to watch you do it is it yeah. puts you in the audience in a state of becoming. We're in this thing together. You know, yeah, that, that that's what I think. I, I mean, you know, and also, you know, I'm not not a great writer. <laughs> Five minutes a day. You know, it's like when I used to open for the big big acts here a hundred yeah. years ago, right? You know, and I'm I'm opening for you know these people that you know they never obviously when you're an opening act. I mean, it's a great way to cut your teeth, but um, I would open for like for like uh, in the early days I opened for Sinatra. Here's one of my first gigs in in Vegas and. And Jilly would go, uh, uh, just go out there, and when Frank is ready, he'll tug on the cord. <laughs> and, and, and this is this this all happened at the Desert Inn, and I would say, well, wh what do I do? Thirty or or ten? Mm. And he goes, you want the job? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right, Greg. <laughs> Just go out there. They called me Greg Barrett. 
I swear to you, for three oh. years. And oh. Frank would introduce me. He was very kind to all the comics. And I was just one of the guys. That, his main guy was Dreesen, obviously. But yeah. Frank would, he always would have a comic come out and take a bow. Mm-hmm. But he would go, Greg Barrett, everybody, Greg Barrett. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have the balls. You know, you don't correct him. Right. You take a bow to another name. Right, you know, yeah. Because it's Frank. And yeah. I went up to Jilly, like, after a year. I said, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Rizzo, can you can you just tell Mr. Sinatra um, it's Brad Garrett? Do you want the job? <laughs> Do you want me to go? Why don't you go correct Frank? Have you ever corrected Frank? I said, all right. So, you know, my mom comes to the show, and she's like, why, why are they calling you Greg? <laughs> we had to remove her eventually. Because she would yell, it's Brad's, Frank. It's Brad. I said, Mom, I'm going to end up in a box. Please, sit there. Be happy you're in the room. What are the chances of meeting Sammy? (laughs) Oh, we got the same mother, my friend. It It just comes out. It just, they can't help it. They can't help it. They're funny in the house was my mom's obviously funny, but it doesn't seem like she's aware of being funny. Was uh, was dad funny? Yeah, well, dad dad was was really funny. You know, he would he he. I got most of my humor from from him. But my mom, you, you know, it's it was it was a different thing. I got mm. my uh, anxiety from her. I, yeah, I in my my uh, when I was opening with Sammy once, he was uh, I was like his last opening act before he passed. It's funny, Ray's like, why does everyone die after you open for him? <laughs> I said, Ray, do me. Just go check on the butler. <laughs> but um I was with Sammy and he was he was fighting he was fighting uh, you know, throat cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he played as much as he could and, and he was very uh you know, he would come out and he would go, you know, the chops aren't great, but we're going to, we're going to get through it. You know? Ah. So I tell my mom, mom goes, I want to meet Sammy. You know how he's changed my life. I said, mom, we're not doing the backstage thing anymore because you know, when you, when I opened for Steve and Edie, not mm-hmm. that I'm name dropping, right. you know, you, you, you know, you hit on Steve Lawrence. I can't find my mom and she's in Steve Lawrence's dressing room going up <laughs> on my third marriage. <laughs> And Steve Lawrence's security is like, I couldn't find my mom. She goes, you know, he's in his, and, and Edie Gourmet is banging. What's going on in there, Steve? You know, and my mom walks out, you know, with the, with the, with the leather pants and the orthopedic shoes, with the decollete top, you know, <laughs> the, the blouse clowns hang. And, that was really, and, and I, you know, I loved her, but there was things, you know, so that was the last time, <laughs> yes. that was the last time I could have her backstage, you know. But she goes, it's my dream to meet Sammy. All right, I said, okay, mom, but it's hello, and yeah. and we just please, you know, don't don't lick his forehead or do whatever you do, because she would get, you know, she would go, you're my life, you know that. <laughs> and um, that night, he always had a great show, but right. um, uh, and I go, you know, just say great, good to me, and please, I said, I got two weeks with the guy. I'm just begging you, please, mom. Yeah. Yeah. And in those days, I couldn't say no to my mom. Now that mm. she's dead, no problem. <laughs> so, so, so she goes timing. backstage. Sammy, Sammy goes, uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Garrett, which of course it wasn't. It was right. never Garrett for anybody. 
and he's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, having a little trouble with the chops tonight. And she looks at him and goes, not every night is magic. <laughs> I swear to you, I, I, th this is, this is, <laughs> I, this is when, so my therapy from that night, you know, my right. therapist is like, why, why do you have your mom to these things? And I'm like, you know, how do you tell you, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm fucked up. I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of it, but, uh, but it was <laughs> really, I, I go, why would you tell a legend? Not every night is magic, but he brought it up. You know, it was never her, it was never her you know? God rest your soul. But I, you know, my mom, my mom did the same thing. There's no, but my father had that too. I was at, remember the American Comedy Awards? Sure. Ray had me like, you know, take him one night when he was not right. like waited in the lobby. Yeah. I got nominated, flew my parents out, for, and um, at the after party at the at they had at the comedy store, and I look over, and my father was getting older at the time, and he's all animated now, and that's the way I remembered him, Brad. I was like, yeah. look at my dad, look, he's having a great time, and I turned around. There's a guy he was talking to, and it was Don Rickles, and the reason oh. he was all animated, he was he was trying to sell Rickles a kitchen because that's what he did. Oh, this bad. This is amazing. I walk over. My father's like, Don, you got to spend the money on the appliances. Put the money into the Sub-Zero. He's like, yeah, oh, I need a Sub-Zero. All right. Well, they just, they, their world is their world. And these people that come into, uh, come into it are in their world. So they feel comfortable talking to them. Of course. Oh, yeah. that's the best. And how was Don with it? Probably gracious and wonderful. He was so sweet. He was, first of all, I got nominated. I met him backstage because there was a crossing thing we had to do backstage so I, I met him backstage and uh he remembered me because i met him with jeff ross okay we both walked in and uh rickles looked at us and well he knows we're looking at him we're comics and he looks at the both of us and goes all right kid don't make it a thing <laughs> <laughs> so he was just so i got a picture of him too it was so gracious uh, and obviously one of one of my heroes and uh yeah. we went when when the show was still on Phil mm -hmm. Rosenthal, Ray, all the writers and me, we were having dinner uh, in Malibu and we were mm -hmm. just eating and uh, we see out of the corner of our eye, Rickles, Rickles walks in and uh, we're like, oh, this is, this, you know, we're all such fucking fans of him. And he walks in and he clocks Ray and um, I'm with, who's now my wife at the time. This is about 12 years ago and mm -hmm. uh, she's a bit younger. Okay, right. I won't lie. And uh, he walks over to the table. He goes, uh, "Honey, were you kidnapped?" <laughs> he goes, "He goes blink, blink if you're kidnapped." <laughs> and we were dying. And he looks at Ray and he goes, "I'll never get it, but I'm happy for you." <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at Phil and he goes, "Enough Jews here, Phil. Enough Jews at the table." And he's doing it the way Don does it. And it's a small uh, restaurant and everyone's dying. And he comes up to me and he goes, I got a good idea, Brad. We're going to put an elevator in your ass and make you a building. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're in heaven. It's like, oh, yeah. my God, Don made fun of us. There was no yeah. obviously like him, you know, God. Yeah. But he touched that nerve. And you, you did that for me because you were in two productions of my favorite two tv shows of all time the odd couple and the honeymooners you played murray the oh, cop on broadway with nathan lane thanks and, and broderick um 
And that that sh- and the honeymooners, uh, you you not only played Gleason, you got an Emmy nomination for playing Gleason. Yeah. And cool. Those t- those two shows informed my informed the way the, the communication in my house. Like that was a reflection of my yeah. house. The yelling, those the, that kind of friendship yeah. where you, they drive each other crazy, but you still love each other and you could still see that. We were we were children of TV, and what I wanted to ask you was: Did Gleason speak to you, and did did Neil Simon? Speak you know, to you? I really didn't get into Gleason until later through my father, and mm-hmm. through uh, you know, and he turned me on to Groucho Marx, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was as you know, it was you bet your life, and I was like, sure. this guy is so quick, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. But um, it was all in the family for me. Is when you know I was twelve, I was sitting there. And I was going, I can't believe what this guy is saying and doing. This is this is so great. This is so real. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, even that young, I, I was a crier, you know, growing up. <laughs> I was a real pussy, Adam. You know, that's why I never played ball. I was nine feet at 11. And, 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 you know, I had a coach go, let's just, let's go to a court one day and just dribble around. And I'm like, not in the face, you know. <laughs> I was couldn't make a layup. Literally six feet at, at at twelve though, and couldn't play any ball. So my point was, you know, I I had to find. Uh, I always made fun of myself because I was picked on and bullied miserably because yeah. I was I was a wuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my thing was, I would always make fun of myself, you know, to kind of beat the bullies, you know, to yeah. the punch. And then I would say something about you know the bully and come home with the black eye and you know. And mom, and my mom was like, "They beat you up because they're jealous." You know, yeah, I got that really too. Never made sense to me. And I go, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think that tracks, mom." But <laughs> have another whiskey and close your rope. Uh, yeah. Like, well, that was because that was interesting because you were physically imposing as a kid. Yeah. I, I, I was a little boy. This is yeah. Brett years before I became a little man. So, <laughs> so the um. The humor for me was a defense mechanism um, to not get, you know, picked on a bit. But it was the same thing for you, although you were you were physically larger. So I guess it's the same kind of ingrained thing of yeah. where do I, how do I defend myself, you know? And also when you have parents that struggle, you know, my dad was like married six times. My right. mom was married three. When you have parents that are struggling emotionally, mentally, mm. uh you know, we try to make them laugh. We try to fix them as kids. It's a tough position to be in. And I owe my parents a lot. So there's nothing but love. But yeah. um took me a long time to get there. But my dad was incredibly supportive. But the point is, a lot of us get into the arts because we end up trying to, I think, entertain our, our, our family to soothe shit that's going on. And that was, you know, that was my thing. You know, I kind of raised them later in life. And... Um, but. Yeah, I got it because that's how Brad I could fit. I could fit in. Like, yeah. Okay, I can. I can. I can make this better situation. I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. Sure. And that. That's why when 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 I saw you play Gleason, I have I have a big big affinity for Gleason because that was my dad. He was this big, really, big guy. Yeah. And he would. So I was looking for a reflection. I wasn't looking for an escape in my childhood. I was looking for a reflection in the TV, and I found it. In Gleason, and, I, and I found it in the odd couple and yeah. I read for actually I read for actually read, read for Murray when um the, the the cop I read for, and it was my it was Broadway it was Neil Simon I was like ah oh, great oh and you then would I, I got another great Murray you'd be a they wouldn't have saw me I'm really big <laughs> but I'm no no you really would. would 
But that, but when you got it, I went, that's the guy I want to see play. And then Rob Bartlett played it as well. Another friend of mine. Oh, he was terrific. But you you guys, to be, to be able to do that and to be able to communicate that kind of, that kind of what I saw in my house was a great gift to someone watching it. And I think when Raymond has done that for so many people, just because of the sensibilities and when what I read was when you went to read for um, uh, Ray's brother, you were playing it a totally different way. They were looking for like a Danny DeVito type. Yeah, they, they really, they really were. And, um, you know, uh, Ray was like, she's too big. He's, this is what's so great. You know, I love his honesty. And we're so close to this day. I swear to God with all his success. And I know, you know him, he had changed one iota he's the same great gracious humbled guy and um he's like you know i only know him from star search you know i'm I'm worried you know in star search i'm like what if cosby was a pilot you know (laughs) but um i knew who robert was and and it was a very very different take and Mm -hmm. um uh, it was, you know, I got very, very lucky. I mean, you got to have luck. You got to have. Uh... It's funny when Ray came to the premiere of Gleason when they premiered it, he uh, he showed up and they go, uh, and, and and he looks at me, and goes, they should have called it Gleason the NBA years. <laughs> I said, you can't be happy for me for one friggin' minute. You can't be happy for me. No, it's it's like grease, and it's like you're ducking, getting in the doorway. <laughs> but it was amazing because they had a, after one day of shooting, they were like, you know, we gotta. And I said, if I come off this large, right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna come off as a bully. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, Gleason was never a bully. He was just mm-hmm. a big kid having a tantrum. Yeah. And I said, if I dwarf everyone, you know, I'm going to really, when I go after Alice or I go after Norton, it's not going to have the same thing. So Howie Deutsch, who was directing, he was like, well, I hate to say this, but we got to build up the furniture and we got to put the rest of the cast in boots. And like, mm-hmm. it looks like everyone was leaving a Kiss concert. It was, <laughs> they were all wearing these crazy platforms. You know, and Saul Rubinick, who played Bullets, my manager, you know, he's like five, six. And, you know, we were doing a scene in the scene uh, in the snow. If you look at one of the scenes where we leave the restaurant, he literally slips going down the stairs because of these friggin' boots they put everyone in. And of course, (laughs) he played it off brilliantly. But it was um, it was really funny because I was not the first by any means choice that CBS wanted to play. Gleason, I was, I couldn't even, they wouldn't even let me audition because mm-hmm. Les Moonves, as great as he was to me, he just didn't see it. And, right. and, and I get that, you know, I get that. So, um, they hired, uh, uh, uh you know, they went after Goodman, who I would have, and Oliver mm-hmm. Platt and brilliant, brilliant guys. They didn't want to do a TV movie. And then they went to Mark Addy, who's a funny mm-hmm. guy who had a series on CBS at that time, but he was British. And um, it just didn't it didn't work out. And Les called and said, uh, you know, can you can you be in can you be in Montreal in 40 hours? You know, they didn't have the the wardrobe. And we you know, I had to hire my own makeup guy. 
to, to mm. really, because, you know, they didn't, the budget was lean and I sure. it was a chance of a, of a lifetime, but it was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. Yeah. He was, um, Gleason, he was, he was really into UFOs too. Yes. Gleason. Yes, yeah, he was. He had the roundhouse up in upstate New York. He had a, the roundhouse. That's right. And he was really into UFOs. And uh, Nixon took him to like an Air Force base because he was playing golf. I was yep. one of the books. Read. He's playing, and Nixon took him to an Air Force base in the middle of the night to show him the aliens and shit. R- Is and, that right? Yeah, according to this book, you know he was. But but then again, Nick, Nixon was throwing yeah. him back too. So yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, how about just take out eighteen minutes? How's that? You know. <laughs> Exactly, but, but that, but th- that, th- again, you got that role. Nobody saw you in it, but you knew it was a chance of a lifetime. You lobbied for it, and then you did it your way, and it came to you. Well, that's you. from an outsider looking in, Brad. That's like it's it's not only it's an example, but it it's balls. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got balls to do that. You Thank know? you. Well, you know, you have to in this business. You know, it's it's. I, I mean, you know, you know this. We've been at it a long time. It, it it seems almost impossible to break in nowadays. Yeah. You know, there's so many talented people out there. And, you know, people go on an audition and they go, how many followers do you have on Instagram? And that's yeah. the first question by casting people, which doesn't really mean a damn thing. You know, it never it never translates to numbers or ratings or anything else. And, you know, the social media has taken over like crazy. That being said, television has never been better. And I think the auspices that are running to it, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, I was looking at the product that's coming out. And, you know, there is no, when you say how many followers do you have? You know, David Koresh had, had some too. Didn't end well. Yeah. But... <laughs> And you're, you're discounting what the other person's job is, the casting yeah. director's job, director's job is, you know, don't, 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 don't pick someone just because you won't get fired if you choose them, you know, yeah. pick somebody because they, they fulfill a vision, you yes. know, and that yes. risk taking isn't there anymore. So when you say break in, I've adopted the, the, uh, uh, um, uh, perspective of it's not breaking in, it's doing what you do and it, it's field of dream shit, build it, yeah. let them find you. you know? Yeah, that's it. That's it. But um, and you're building it in Vegas with the club in Vegas, and you're still working. You, you still do movies and TV, and you're a gambler, and you live in Vegas. Ballsy, gambler, Garrett. I live in Vegas, and I don't drink, and I live in Vegas. I've been sober twenty. Well, that's gonna change soon. I can say <laughs> there are days where I go, "What am I really doing this for?" <laughs> but um, no, but I uh, I had a real grip on the grapes, so I've been. Uh, clean about 25 years but yeah i I do a gamble i i play a little you know a little poker poorly um but i i do that but i just i just love having a club i've always you know i've always said if i ever can swing it i would love to have a club that's built for comics to kind of make up for all the shitholes we've played in our lives we're going to build a great you know a great uh theater and we're going to just treat them the way we should be treated and that way the shows will be great and we're having a good time. And you must and come out. You must. I know you're expensive, but we'll work it out. You know, okay. you know we'll work it out. I pay I, your I, chips. I like, you pay me. Look, I'll take it. Here's you the thing gamble. with chips is I lose. I, yeah. I like a crap table, so it goes quick. Yeah, I like but that's fine. Like, oh, it's fine. 
when you get Brad, when you're on a roll at a crap table, it always reminds me of the villages in a Frankenstein movie. Everyone's just like all together, like burn the monster. You know, we're just gonna go. <laughs> I get that everywhere I go. <laughs> I get that at you know, Golden Corral. <laughs> See what I did? Okay. You still love doing it? I love it. You still, I, yeah. I, you know, it's the only thing, and as you know, in this business, that you're totally alone. You know, mm-hmm. you you you. You live or die by it, you know, and it's yeah. just, uh, I, I just love, I love doing it. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm that insecure that I'm doing it 40 yeah. years later. But, me too. But, it's, it's, it gives me that, it still gives me that, that little dopamine hit of, okay, yeah. this, you'll be right. This is, this is how you can contribute. I this, I, you know, it's, it's, you gotta be. I do love doing it, like you said, because we're the writer producer and it does yeah. give us that, that connection. But I also love being on a set when it's working well oh. in that creative environment. And you guys, not I'm sure you felt it. I mean, nobody knows if something's going to be a hit or not, but you, you can feel it making yeah. it if you can connect. And it just, my question to you is, did you have that feeling? Because it certainly looked like you did. You know, it's funny. Uh, halfway through the first uh, season, you know, mm-hmm. we were kind of like, there's something here, you know? And I think what it was, was this chemistry where the timing is the family was almost immediate. And it was interesting. You know, I had never met Ray before the show. He'd never met, you know, we didn't know each other from the road. Peter obviously came from movies. Doris was from TV and theater. And Patty, you know, had done a lot. But we were all so different, but it just gelled. The key to the show was the writing. They were just brilliant writers. You know, we got real lucky. And, um, they just knew how to write humor that came from character as opposed yeah. to just jokes. You know, mm-hmm. Phil Rosenthal would, would, would start the writer's room every Monday with, uh, okay, you go around the table. What, 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 what happened this weekend? What, what happened in your house? And it would, you know, so much of the episodes came from, you know, the family dynamic that each writer was, was living and uh, mm-hmm. so you know it was lightning in a bottle i know how lucky to this day i was and um it was just uh it was a good group of folks i know every everybody says oh we were like a family and, it, and most of the time it's bullshit but we really were we were very close and i think a lot of it is because we were very different uh mm-hmm. from each other uh there was never that weird competition uh i think we all felt very grateful um and I think that's that's the key to everything is, you know, keeping your 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 humility through it, because, boy, it can, it's easy to change you. It's easy sure. to change you when you go from nothing to everybody giving a shit out of the blue. Uh, you just got to remind yourself it will pass. It will go. And, mm. um, you know, it's like what I tell guys that are starting out that will come to the club. I go are you making a living as a stand-up? And they'll go, yes. And I'll go, well, remember what that meant when you were 14. That's yeah. all you wanted. And if you can make a living doing what you love, you have more going on than 99% of that audience you're going to walk in front of because very few people get that gift of doing what they love, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a business that beats you up. I, yeah, I don't think you – I think you have to get beat up to – 
to experience and have the felt sense of what you're saying because it's just words if you haven't done it first you have to yeah. you have to make the mistakes but limit the damage to yourself and your family yeah um yeah because very true you're gonna, you know because i i'm so grateful now at this phase brad because i know what it's like to not have it and i know what it's like to think that's who i was instead of something i experienced does that make any sense yeah absolutely absolutely you know? because it's you know I know it sounds trite or corny and maybe a lot of that comes with, with age, but, uh, yeah. you know, as I look back, as we all look back, you know, I mean, you've worked in this business forever. You, you're, you're gifted, but you've, you've swung hard and, and, you know, you got to do what you loved and you gave your, you know, your family and other people and strangers a lot of joy. Mm. This world needs it now more than ever. I know that sounds trite, but boy, oh, no. I don't know what's Fuck. going on. Yeah, it's. I think there's, and I'm going to go back to the television and the families that where I was looking for a reflection of my life is the sense of community and the sense of connection well put. is gone because you can dial up any reality you want right I now. I know it. I know it. You know? It's true. It's very, very true. And, that, and that's sad. You know, that's, yeah. but, uh, you know, that you mentioned the odd couple. I'm going to show you this because mm. you will appreciate this picture. Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, and Neil Simon. Holy, that's great. Where'd you get that? That's beautiful. I'm going to get you one of those. I'm going to try oh. to find it. I'm going to try to find it. And I'm going to send you one of those because I, there's this amazing photographer who took that. Right. And I'm going mm -hmm. to reach out to him. Oh, that's great. I had Nathan Lane on the show. Did you really? Oh, what a sweet oh, man. my fucking hero. He was so cool to me. First of all, I changed my shirt twice before the interview. My wife was laughing at me because I wanted to look good for Nathan. Um, what a fucking he, icon he is. Yeah, and he explained to me that when he read Neil Simon, he, he heard the music, you know. And yeah. one of the things that I always admired about you was, and you're not from the East Coast, but you, you hear that music. You That is your... Got that got my that, pop. Yeah, my dad was a Bronx guy. So was that where you got it? Because I knew you grew up in, in California. I grew I'm up like, in California. Not... My dad was from the East, and I just I just always had that. that The first time I ever went to New York, I was 18. And mm -hmm. I it, I know it sounds corny. I felt so at home. It was the yeah. I never felt really comfortable in my skin ever. I don't think that's probably why we do what we do. But there was just something about New York. It's like everyone spoke my language. I got it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and yeah, working with Nathan, I, I was I was in, at first so intimidated because I was such a fan. And then I met him and I went, wow, this guy is pretty amazing. I, I swear to you, Adam, the first day we rehearsed, he was off book. Wow. <laughs> the entire play. And I went, you know, he's got that mind and he, he's really he's really a genius. But he's got that photograph. And he said, I knew this dialogue from when I was a kid because I always wanted to play this. And I was like, oh, my. And I'm working on my lines. And this was, you know, this is 20 years ago, 21 years ago. And, um, uh, you know, he has a real work ethic, Nathan, uh -huh. that that is comparable to his talent. So it's up there. And he is committed. And I've always. And so. By him not holding a script from day one, I'm like, I really, I really better, you know, get my shit together. I was doing Raymond at the time, so I was, I had that muscle of memorizing stuff. 
opening fucking night, I forget my second line. Okay? Opening night. And it's at the poker table. And he looks at me because it was his cue. And he's looking at me. And I look to Rob Bartlett, you know, who's Mm -hmm. doing this. Because they're all stage people. And I'm like, I can't feel my legs. I thought I just forgot my line. I got wrapped up in it. I was nervous. I won't lie. And Nathan looked at me like, I'm going to kill your mother and eat her. (laughs) But what a genius he is. He was able to jump another line that Mm -hmm. was my cue to and like just get me back on track. So it wasn't like a deer in the headlight because it was the poker scene. So nobody really knew. And to this day, you know, I joke about it. He's like, you got to let it go. You know, (laughs) because I have nightmares. I literally had nightmares about going up on opening. But, you know, just to be in a scene with him and to watch it uh, was uh, it changed me. You know, it really, really changed me because uh, I think there's nothing like theater. And I think for like what you and I do, it just, you know, it encompasses everything we love. It's locked. It's it's in the moment. It's different every night. I mean, every night something would kill uh, a line. uh, uh, But just to meet Neil Simon and have him, you know, have him do the first few rehearsals with us was such Mm a such a treat. Another guy who called me Greg. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Neil, you know, you're not going to correct Neil. That's true. Well, it's 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 funny you said about what we do and theater. I never have done theater. I I took it because when I was doing um, Nurse Jackie with all the they're all theater people. Yeah, you know Edie Fowler, yeah. Steve Well, all oh, such an amazing people. show that was. Yeah, and she's the sweetest, isn't she? The sweetest woman. Incredible. She, she, she sent a card to my mother. I mean, who does? Is that right? Is that? Yes. Isn't that amazing. I'm, it's so well, great when you, when you love someone's talent and, and, the, and they're just as much of a human being. It's yeah. so great. But they pushed, you know, I was like, I had to up my game, yeah. you know, being yeah. on that show. for. So I, I took this little part in this little play for a couple of months. One Saturday at the matinee, you know the matinee. Sure. Everything, it smells like, it smells like Ben Gay. Right, they're right, all, right, all, right. So you walk out, I do my first scene. I look in the audience and Edie's sitting there. Our makeup lady, our prop, our Liz, our prop girl, was, they all came to watch the show. You're kidding. On, well, on a Saturday. Yeah. I mean, how great is that? Oh, and that's, that's so great. That's the, that's what I meant, that that sense of community to, to be able to. And the gratitude I yeah. have, Brad, is to be able to have experienced that kind of creative setting and that kind of people caring about other people um, because they, because they love them, not because, all right, you're my brother and God says we have to, sure. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's an honor. It says a lot about you. Nah. Well, I can't thank you enough, Greg. I had such a good time talking to you. <laughs> well, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, man. It's great to catch up. Thank you for being so kind and letting me work this out. It's not that oh. I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> of course you're busy. Not, not like you I had other I look at my head on this phone and I go, why, why do that to you? You've worked so hard. <laughs> I'm going to find you this picture. Oh, God, I can't. I, picture. And I'm going to sign all the names, you know, because <laughs> never, no one will know. 
going on, Bob. Oh, I have to come to Vegas. Uh, I would we have love to it. have. We got to eat and laugh, my friend. I, would love I, I will do that. I wish you the best. Uh, really great to, too, to have some time with you, man. I've always been a fan, and uh, uh, and uh, as good, I'm glad you're doing your thing, baby. All right, you be well, be happy, best to the family. Okay. You as well. Thanks, Adam. You want the job or not? See, <laughs> don't ask any questions to Jilly about Frank. When you feel a tug on the cord, you're done. All right. Oh, my gosh. He's so much fun. And I loved when he said, uh, my name is Brad. And then the guy goes, have you ever seen someone correct Sinatra? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and Greg's one funny guy. I'm just going to put that on the record right now. He is. And I say that as somebody who's been called Mike Stone more times than I care. Mike Stone? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People like Mike, get over here. Uh, it's Mark. Yeah. Whatever. You know, <laughs> I love the fact that his mom is just like my mom and doesn't mm -hmm. have a filter. Yeah. Sammy Davis Look. is getting old. He knows he's getting old. He's actually making an apology. The chops aren't what they used to be, but we're going to get through it. Not every night can be magic. <laughs> Who says that? Who says that? <laughs> he brought it up. <laughs> I loved and hated that at the same time. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, what? Brutal honesty. Brutal honesty. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. used to growing up that way, so I, that's why I loved it. I hate. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, yeah. don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. My mother doesn't have that either. You're in their world. I was fascinated when you said that, mm. that they were in their own world. So whenever they met someone, yeah. they were like he was selling a kitchen to Don Rickles. Yeah. <laughs> How great is that? Yeah. I mean, to tape that. Yeah. I wish you had a tape of that. Oh, that was great. Like I said, my father was animated. Mark, it was my dad when I was a kid. You know, it was like, oh, look, he's back. My father's back. No, he's not. He's looking to make money so he can turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I could just see Rickles shaking his head saying, yeah, I got to get the, the, the Sub-Zero. Fix it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I need a Sub-Zero. You know, you know, I like an ice maker. We can get that, Don. That's where the money goes, right there. <laughs> I mean, with well, Joe, I could see him, like, him and Elvis going, hey, you want to smoke? Yeah. Let's, let's go out for a smoke. Yeah. Elvis, <laughs> listen, these movies are terrible. No one's going to tell you. <laughs> I, clam bake? Stop it. <laughs> but there's all, we all have someone like that in our lives. And mm -hmm. it's, it's the filter, but it's also the, like, not reading the room. I mean, you don't right. tell Sammy Davis Jr. that. That's mm -hmm. Sammy freaking Davis Jr. It's yeah. like, you know, but we all have people that are just like, I got to tell it like it is. I'm sorry. No, yeah. you don't. You, know what? you, re yeah, you really don't. <laughs> How about keeping it to yourself? How's yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Button it up. And timing is everything. Yeah. And cooth. And taste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Intact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, you, if you really love somebody, you don't bring a list to see if those are their faults. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was googling. I understand. <laughs> Is passive aggressive on that list, Alex? Yeah. I can't find that somewhere. <laughs> but I have, I have such an affinity for Brad uh, as an actor. I just thought he was great on the show. And then yeah. when he played Gleason, I was just like, oh. And because that's my dad. That was my dad. That's the other thing about the questions. That's where I learned it from because I worked with my dad mm -hmm. and you learn the hard way. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> he don't yeah. want to hear. He's, 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 he's working on a job. He's trying to figure something out. If you ask him a question, you're taking him out of his focus. So I, when I, I was, I was listening to, I was thinking about like, oh, that's where I got it from. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I think that was a generational thing too. Right. Like I, I think our, our fathers mm -hmm. were that stern figure that gave you a task. 
you went and did it. Even if you did it wrong, that was better than like r- running the risk of like the wrath of asking question after mm-hmm. question. No, if you did it wrong, you were in trouble too. So you're damned if you do it, you're damned if you don't. It's just a question. When do you want to get yelled at? That's what I, when I was a kid, do I want to get yelled at now or do I want to get yelled at after it's over and have to do it again? Let me ask you this. Would you get, would you get this? If you didn't ask any questions, you did it wrong. Would you get this from your dad? Mm. Why didn't you ask me how to do it? Absolutely. What? <laughs> you're not going to make the right choice. Yeah. Like, Maroon. And if you don't know, ask. I right, pop. Why do I do it? Hey, if I got to answer this question, I'll do it myself. <laughs> I want it done. Yeah. I got the opposite. I what? would never get yelled at or anything like that. My dad would just look at me. Mm-hmm. And then I went, okay, maybe I should have done that better. Right. That's all. You know, my, my dad needs to yell. I think <laughs> He did. He was in the, he was just like Gleason like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But he was yeah. I, I love that though. I love that Brad got to play that role. I mean, it's oh. just and you're right. He's just one of those guys that it just explodes on the screen and whatever he's doing, even if he's off the action, your mm-hmm. eyes are on him. And he's and he's always a big part of the action. He's just one of those guys you love seeing, you know. Center of attention. Yeah. Fills the room. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Part of the list. All right. We got we, we got to get Brad in back in here to answer these questions to see if he's got the same problems I do. You want the job or not? Come on. Yeah. But yeah, and he was in another one of my favorite shows of all time, The Odd Couple, when I was a oh, kid. In New yeah. York, when you grew up on the East Coast, 11 o'clock, you watch The Odd Couple. 11.30, you watch The Honeymoon. When, mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, that's the relation. I have that relationship with Phil. He drives me insane. I drive him insane. But I love him. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's always that there was always even when when uh, I was having I was having dinner with Klugman and he said there was always the teaching moment where Felix had to teach Oscar to do something or Oscar had to teach Felix to do something. Mm-hmm. And when I was listening back to this phone call, I go, that's, you know, Phil's coming to me with a problem. I got to see if I can help him and I'm going to come to him with my problems and see if he can help me. And, mm-hmm. and we're going to yell. There's a lot of yelling in my world. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah, it's, so. a, it's an accent color for you. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. My mother goes, we're very passionate people, yeah. which, which is a romantic way of saying mentally unbalanced. That's what it, <laughs> and poor impulse control. I think that's what she really means. Manja. Yeah. yeah. Just, just eat. Just eat. <laughs> manja. Manja. Come on. Yeah. Get some cheese. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll tell you, I got the cold sweats. When he told that story about blowing his second line, yeah. night, I was like, oh, my God. And like, there's Nathan Lane glaring at you. Like, yeah. He, he was off book like the first day of rehearsal. Off book. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. does that. Yeah. Nathan nah. Lane does because he's a genius. Yeah. He was great. And he was uh, sec- his second line opening night. And then they, he got And he a, just looked at him and said, uh, you want to take that again? Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he was such a pro. He got him out of it. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And you know it, but he even said, he goes like, every time I see him, I bring it up. And he's like, you got to let it go. You gotta let it go. <laughs> I, get, I get that too. Uh, this isn't ship life. No one's talking about you anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I could let that go. No, I would be obsessed about it too. And I'd be worried. I'd, I'd be like Phil. I would be worried about what people are going to think for the rest of my life. He doesn't give a shit. Nathan Lane doesn't care. But in, in Brad's mind, you know, that's, that's the last moment that, uh, that he thinks he remembers. Mm-hmm. And you guys know how much I love Nathan Lane. I've loved your stand-up, and you're also <laughs> a terrific actor. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. still your ringtone, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and to be, just to be on that set, I mean, to be, you know, Neil Simon, you're rehearsing with Neil Simon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God. And I was so pleased when he said that... Um, 
you know, everybody loved Raymond was like a family stuff because it did come across and I know what it means to be part of that. And it's something I, re I really, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Honey. Well, that's what I've heard you say about being on the set of rescue me mm -hmm. on nurse Jackie. It was no. like a family. No. And I think that when you're in an environment, anyone, mm -hmm. when they feel safe and they can trust, right. There's no fear. It's true. And, yeah. and, and, and you get lunch. Yeah. It's and you get lunch and you free get, socks. Well, you don't get free socks. I take the socks. I'm not, <laughs> but like, I get it that like when you're in stand up, that yeah. you're you're you control everything. Yeah. And there's a confidence that comes up. You're like, I'm in command of my own destiny. And that's that's awesome, too. But like you guys said, you know, when I mean, the, the feeling that you get when you're surrounded by a great team, whether it's on a set or say, I don't know, when you're on a podcast with someone like Alex and me, that's a that's a pretty good team, isn't it? You're absolutely right. This is a very good team, and I do feel very safe here. Oh, well, I did before this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Things can only get better. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a nice place to be, and when and I think it, it's you're safe on a set, and you're also only responsible for that one part of the whole. You know, when you sure. you know when you're doing something like this, I'm I I take on the responsibility of being responsible for everybody on the podcast. So that's why when I want to get things done, I'm like I got to make this good for everybody. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. What you hit on another thing? What? It's teamwork. Yeah. So you can't have control issues if you're working with a team. You can if you're the captain. I'll just ask you not to make that mistake again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want to thank my pal Brad Garrett for being my dad. Uh, honey, if you want to get all of us, where do they go? The Emperor at No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys so much for telling someone you love about the show. You know what? Tell two people. The show's growing, and it's all because of you. If you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. Uh, we're all in this together, brothers and sisters. Yes, we are. So please, share the road, and remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go in peace. I don't know. Stern, am I oh. possessive? I think you you like to be uh, you like to have things under the realm of your control. Like, yeah. And so if like possessing things, you know, because you you have a vision in your head, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times how you want things to go. And it's easier if you have them under your control. So okay. if that's possessiveness, sure. Okay. Clearly, Mark doesn't understand the question either. What's next? <laughs> really stern. What a bunch of bullshit. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.